got word that the Pentagon had been hit. And of course, Rob was working in the Pentagon. Immediately, like any spouse, picked up the phone trying to call him to get a hold of him. We just went into action. Probably 200 or so folks split up into four teams. I got on one of the teams and we started going back in. At that point is when I realized how many folks on the aircraft that we had lost. It was uh, pretty devastating. We huddled around the television set just like 90% of Americans did that day and prayed and kept trying to get through to Rob. I wanted to get to my family as quick as possible and make sure they knew that I was still okay and that they were okay. I will never forget him walking in the door, the look on his face, the smell that he had on his clothes is a smell I will never forget. It was tough. It was tough. I was very proud of the way the folks that I was around reacted. It didn't matter whether they were in uniform or out. And that's what Americans do. We go to the fight. We go to the sound of the guns and we try to help. Never forget September 11th and the continued consequences. Welcome to More War Monday here on the Rob Manus Show live on the Red Voice Media Network and welcome to our Spaces Live audience. We appreciate you guys. Welcome to the most dangerous network in America because we dare to bring you the truth and the facts. Well, obviously, I was in the Pentagon uh, National Military Command Center at my post when the airliner struck the building on September 11, 2001. We continued operations in the midst of the aftermath and uh, our efforts to find out who attacked our country uh, and developed uh, the response to that right there where I worked. We were right to respond and defeat that enemy, which we did by mid-2005. But as happens often in war, endless war policies in our government took over and we stayed for over 20 years wasting lives in our arrogance and incompetence to the very bitter and bloody end in Afghanistan. We accepted the Patriot Act in order to address the intelligence failures that enabled Islamic terrorism's successful attack, even though it is a law that destroys liberty. Sadly, that same law has now been turned against all American citizens and is being used in a domestic war on terrorism that is being fought against a fabricated extremism threat that only exists in the minds of our greatest threat, the agents of a rogue federal government. May God forgive us our mistakes, bless the dead and wounded, and their families. My guest today is Anthony Sabatini, who serves Lake County GOP as the chairman, uh, is a former member of the Florida House of Representatives, where he represented District 32 in Central Florida, he also serves as a captain in the Florida Army National Guard, an infantry officer, and the America First candidate for Florida's 11th congressional district seat. Uh, well, Anthony, welcome back to the Rob Mana Show. I know you've ha I've had you on a couple of years ago, uh, but uh, I'm excited by your campaign and your candidacy, and uh, I'm honored that you would join me on this day to talk about a little bit about September 11th. Uh, uh, it's hard for me to show videos like the cold open because it tends to get focused on me and I don't I don't want to do that. Uh, but I, I decided to show that because that's my wife, Candy, uh, speaking in that video. And that was 10 years after 9-11. And, and I want to talk a little bit about the impact on the families 
uh, uh, military service members, uh, our folks working in national security uh, in the American government, especially then, and, and that impact that it's had it has every single day. You can you can hear it in her voice ten years later. See it in her eyes. Uh, how uh, how how uh, how emotional uh, that experience was. And even my youngest son, who who turns nineteen here in nineteen days at the end of the month, uh, wasn't born then. But he had to live with a dad that was gone all the time, commanding units to fight that war too. Your thoughts, my friend. Well, listen. Don't discount uh, your 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 service. That's unbelievable that you were there. I didn't know that about you. Thank you for your service and thank you for serving our country that day. You know, just amazing how many heroes stood up and were part of the the fight back and and you know saving lives. Police, fire, military, all the way across the board, EMS, everybody, and uh, yeah. just absolutely amazing. And uh, yeah, I do appreciate you having me on. By the way, thank you. Oh yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, now you are you. Uh, we had to cancel your last uh, uh, appearance uh, a few weeks ago because you got called out to uh, serve uh, in the aftermath of the most recent hurricane. How did that go? That's right. Yeah, I got called up for uh, only eight days, which is a very short period of time for us here in Florida for uh, Hurricane Idalia. Um, you know, I did Hurricane Michael. I've done actually. You know, as a captain of the National Guard, I've gone to nine hurricanes. The average deployment being, you know, two, two and a half weeks, sometimes much longer. Hurricane mm-hmm. Michael, you know, I was at, uh, you know, Mexico Beach for weeks running operations, doing security and uh, running pods, getting food and water out to people and gasoline uh, in the Florida panhandle. So this one was much shorter, uh, although it was devastational and definitely hurt uh, quite a few people. It was much smaller than it would have been had it hit the Tampa Bay area. And so for that reason, uh, we, we, we kind of finished our mission within a, a week or two. Well, I'm glad everybody made it through safely. Uh, it looks like uh, it was a lot less uh, devastation than even the last hurricane. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, people serve our country, uh, uh, and they just happen to be at the spot. You know, that's what happened to me and my family on September 11, 2001. If you had told me that morning when I was walking into the office from North Parking uh, in, at the Pentagon and looking at the kids uh, going into the daycare center, because that's what they were doing. Parents were dropping off kids as I was walking up the hill to go into the uh, uh, the uh, entrance to the building that I normally used. And uh, I would not, if you had told me that was going to happen, I would have laughed at you, you know. Uh, yeah. So those, those are the kinds of things that happen in human endeavors, and I think I think the the uh, most important piece is how do we respond to it? You know, how do we respond to it? Now let's go over to Absolutely. the live audience uh, uh, and uh, see if we've got anybody that's got the microphone. Uh, looks like uh, 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 I don't know who's up first, Shell, but uh, uh, steak steak uh, for breakfast is still up with us as a speaker, or James, one of the two. Steak for breakfast. Would you like to make a comment? How about James? Well, I would just uh, echo the sentiments there of uh, thank you for all that you did for our country in the past. uh, And thank you for uh, continuing to fight for this country in your new role uh, right here on uh, RVM Network because it's it's needed. It's necessary. People need to be educated uh, properly on these subjects. 
decks uh, so that we can all collectively stand together against the tyranny our government is currently trying to do to us. Uh, thanks, uh, Colonel Rob. Oh, outstanding. I see uh, uh, old Chad Caton there raised his hand briefly. What do you got there, uh, Mr. CB? Hoorah. <laughs> I'm a, I got an Air Force and an Army guy, so I'll talk slow. Um, ultimately, uh, Mr. Sabatini, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of your work and uh, what you do in the GOP. I'm doing the same thing in South Carolina, trying to take out these these hood rats. But um, who are you running against in the 11th, or who's has that seat now? The 11th is uh, a seat that includes Disney World and pretty much all the land west of Orlando. You almost get the uh, Gulf Coast. And it's currently occupied by a politician named Dan Webster, uh, not to be confused with the great 19th century statesman. This guy's only been in, in office for 50 years, uh, not 150. So they're different people. Uh, but he's, uh, he's a rhino. Uh, you know, he's a nice guy, but he's just one of these empty dudes that's been in office for a long time. He got elected in 1980 to the state legislature, did 35 years or so in the state legislature, then went to Congress. He's accomplished nothing, passed nothing and more importantly, has not even resisted the swamp in any meaningful sense of the term. The biggest differences between us is he voted for the debt ceiling. I, of course, voted for that. He voted for McCarthy all 16 rounds. I would have never voted for McCarthy or abstained in the final round, as some people did. Uh, he believes that uh, term limits are bad. I believe every elected official in the country is term limited. And uh, there are other differences, too, but those are some of the biggest ones. Oh, I also believe that we should have impeached Joe Biden probably seven or eight months ago at this point. We really should have opened the so-called inquiry day one. And here we are at nine months. And McCarthy, of course, uh, put it in his back pocket as a shiny object when he gets stuck into a, a pinch and gets put in the corner. He could bust it out and uh, sort of win support over from the base again uh, just by doing something he should have done quite literally nine months ago. So those are the biggest differences between me and Dan Webster, who is 75 expected to retire, but if it doesn't, that's fine. We'll be running against them. So we'll see. All good reasons uh, to deserve a primary challenge from an actual Republican. Honestly, I, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, my congressman over here in the fourth Mississippi district uh, uh, has picked up a challenger too. And uh, like uh, Webster, Anthony, uh, I mean, he's a nice guy, uh, but he was, he was, he replaced a guy just last term. We, we replaced the last guy uh, because he wouldn't stand up and fight, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and, and he wouldn't even show up in the district uh, to talk to people either after he realized that they were not happy with him. Uh, and uh, now, so this guy gets elected and uh, as the replacement and he does not do what he said he would do on the campaign trail. That's why away. I ran for That's why I ran the for the U.S. Senate against Mary Landrieu and Bill Cassidy the very first time is because these people were getting elected and not doing what they would say uh, they would do. Now, uh, when we come back, though, uh, we're gonna uh, from this break, we're gonna see a little video of uh, now Texas State Senator Brian Birdwell. Uh, former Army Lieutenant Colonel, uh, he and I interacted on 9-11 a little bit, uh, and uh, uh, it'll be interesting for you to hear what his experience was, uh, but uh, we'll also continue our discussion with uh, Mr. Sabatini uh, about what he's doing and what he's done to, to show you 
that he's successful and can be successful as an America first candidate instead of just a go along, get along, rhino, whatever you want to call the Republicans that that the good voters send up there to do something and then really don't. We'll be right back after these messages on the most dangerous network in America. Attention Americans, breaking news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. Take action now. The Federal Reserve phase deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard. Your hard-earned assets are in jeopardy. But there's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Reach out to American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Visit protectfrombiden.com. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Be smart. Don't let Biden force you into using the government new digital dollar. Visit protectfrombiden.com to get your free guide and get started. Again, that's protectfrombiden.com. Well, fellow Americans, uh, you know, that's really not breaking news, that message we just heard there about Biden's dangerous plan for the digital dollar. Uh, it is being implemented. They started on uh, July 1st. Uh, so don't be fooled. It's not going to benefit you. Act now before it's too late. It's called uh, uh, the uh, FedNow deployment is what they're calling it. And it did start on July 1st uh, just a few weeks ago. Uh, so we've got to really, really uh, get together and do the right thing on this uh, on this issue. So get out there, go to my friends, go check out my friends at uh, the American. Hold on one second. I got a call here that messed up my phone. Just go check out your check it out. You can get a guide to opt out of the digital dollar. It's it's really straightforward. Uh, the, there's no tax loophole. My friends over at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide. Uh, you can learn how to safeguard your wealth from a failing dollar and baller markets with gold and silver IRAs. Their number is eight three three. The number two USA Gold. That's right. Call them now today before it's too late. Eight three three two eight seven two four six five. This invaluable guide is going to outline the the actual steps you need to take to immediately transfer your IRA or your 401k into precious metals, uh, and no tax consequences. So don't let the Bidens force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Call 833, the number two, USA Gold, 833-287-2465. I'll say it one more time, 833-2-USA Gold, and get this guide. Uh, and take care of you and your family. Well, welcome back to the Rob Manus Show uh, here. We're talking about 9-11, but we're also discussing 
policy with uh, Anthony Sabatini, who is running for uh, Florida's Congressional District 11. And Anthony, I want to show this clip here. Uh, this show today is focused on 9-11. And this is uh, uh, former Lieutenant Colonel, U.S. Army, Brian Birdwell, uh, who I met on 9-11 at the Pentagon. So, uh, Colonel Birdwell, uh, Senator Birdwell as well, uh, let me start with you. Tell me what happened to you at the Pentagon on 9-11. Uh, I was about 15 to 20 yards from the nose of the aircraft making penetration with my E-ring office. By the Lord's grace, I sit before you as the, the only survivor in the E-ring at the crash site. I was badly burned, 60% total body surface burn, 40% of my body was third degree burn. I would spend months in the hospital and by the Lord's grace, I survived what I should not have survived and Rob was part of that, uh, part of the Lord's, you know, putting people in my life to, yeah. to help me live that day. Well, we're extremely grateful. With burns over 60% of your body, it is a miracle that you're alive, and we are grateful for that. Uh, Colonel Manis, you were serving in the U.S. Air Force. That was uh, Texas Senator Brian Birdwell and uh, former uh, Army Lieutenant Colonel. He was literally uh, just a few meters from the aircraft as it traveled through the building. His office was the office on the outside of the building. Anthony that uh, was hit. He was working for the Army Personnel General, uh, and the, that was the headquarters office for the uh, uh, the G1 uh, on that day. Everybody was killed, but Mr. Birdwell, uh, and uh, I ran into him after he had been pulled out of the wreckage, and they were bringing him out, uh, and I started uh, helping to get his IV fixed and find transportation for him. That's how we met uh, initially, but I didn't know he had, li uh, he had lived until Governor Rick Perry introduced us to each other in 2016 at the, the GOP National Convention. Uh, and that's the only time somebody asked me on Twitter if I had cried uh, or broken down after the events on 9-11. The, the, the first time I ever did was that day that he and I met face to face 15 years later. Uh, but it's a miracle, a whole series of miracles. And I was just like one of eight or nine people in the chain that say, helped save his life. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, it's just incredible. His wife, Mel, uh, and his son, uh, and now grandchildren all get to know him because great Americans pulled him out of that fire and, and God uh, granted him the ability to survive it. It's amazing. Unbelievable. And the fact that he hasn't even slowed down or discontinued his service in any way <laughs> is also miraculous. But shows you the level of heroism and courage that he hasn't even stopped or slowed down yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And, and he's still doing it. Uh, and uh, he's, uh, you know, just like you and me, he's still fighting for the American people, fighting for the Constitution, uh, fighting to... Uh, to uh, turn things around that we see uh, every day now, every day. You know, uh, I mentioned the Patriot Act in my cold uh, open there uh, at the beginning of the show, and and uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on what needs to be done because it's been extended. I can't remember exactly how many times now it's been extended, but it was supposed to, it was designed to be short term. Uh, you know, when uh, when we looked at it from a military perspective in the Pentagon, uh, it was sold to us as, look, uh, we had massive intelligence failures uh, between all of the intelligence communities. We have to have a way 
to seal those gaps up and close those gaps in the short term uh, in order to uh, get at this enemy and respond to this. Uh, so that's how it was sold to us. I mean, most of us being in uniform and working in the Pentagon that were looking at this uh, uh, said, okay, short term only, but you have to go back to a constitutional government uh, that, that serves the purpose of its creation, which is to protect Anthony Sabatini's liberty, mm-hmm. not destroy it. And that act literally destroys it and now has been extended and strengthened is the term that I've heard many Republican politicians use up in Washington, strengthened it, uh, and it's been turned against the uh, American people in this this trumped up, so to speak, war on terrorism domestically. Absolutely. Well, I'm, my position is uh, pretty much, I think, the most conservative one, which is just completely and totally repeal it. Uh, you know, there's always these compromise ideas and reform, and if that's what it took to get it through, I'd be open-minded to taking a look at some of those. But my position is just go back to the, uh, the point where you needed a warrant. I mean, at the end of the day, it was just about expediting the system, making things go faster. They exaggerated the uh, inability of agencies to work with each other at the beginning of the uh, war on terror. And uh, they just used it as an excuse, basically, to make it easier and avoid uh, constitutional requirements. So I would just totally repeal it. Yeah, I agree with you. That's the position I've taken uh, in, in all of the political races that I've run. Going back to 2014, uh, I recognized right away that uh, it had not been repealed uh, when it was supposed to, and that eventually it was going to be used to hurt the American people as a tool that was supposed to be used to to find and uh, eliminate America's enemies. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, uh, and yeah, there are such things as domestic enemies, but there is nothing out there uh, intelligence-wise to lead uh, any reasonable person to believe the the narrative being spouted by people like DHS Secretary Mayorkas that white extremists are massing in, in huge numbers to take over the country, and we have to fight it using thing, tools like the Patriot Act, like we fought uh, the Islamist terrorists who were trying to kill us by the tens of thousands, uh, you know, and uh, I, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I, I know that's what I see as somebody that served and actually served in the intelligence community, too, uh, on the military side as, a, as an 06. Uh, it just doesn't fit the facts. Absolutely. There are no facts. And the truth is they hardly have have to make them. They just use platitudes, anecdotal information to sell their points, and they have a willing media to do it. At the end of the day, you know, centralized power is, uh, you know, what they what they uh, seek and what they have mm-hmm. and what they're not willing to give up on. And so here we are 20 or 20 plus years later, and uh, they're not even thinking of, we don't have anywhere near the votes to get rid of, uh, uh, of uh, anything related to FISA or the Patriot Act, because the fact that they like the hierarchical centralized control that they have, and they're not willing yeah. to give it up. And the fact that they could use it against Americans like they do every day now uh, is, is way too, uh, I mean, they're just unwilling to do it. And the problem is, of course, it's a two, two-way fight for us. The Democrats are completely against this, and the Rhino Republicans uh, who um, basically serve the permanent Washington class more than their own constituents are also in favor of these uh, you know, newly created institutions. So we got 
a while to go before we can really um, change public opinion because it seems to me like they've gone they've gotten acquiesced they've acquiesced and got very used to these these new institutions that never existed you know 25 years ago yeah it's really amazing uh, because uh, the Democrats used to be the party of, uh, of uh, civil liberties uh, you know and pushing back against government policies that would remove them or even harm them in any way. Uh, but it turns out they were just using those positions for political power. Okay, let's go over to the Spaces audience. I see Kat's got her hand up. Kat, what you got? I hope you don't mind. I'm going to ask you a question specifically, Colonel Manus, about 9-11. Um, I was wondering, how do you feel about, this is what I noticed today um, when I did that. I did that shout out, wanted people to follow you, wanted people to come to the show because I knew you were going to have great, a great show about this specific day. And what I really find kind of appalling is people choose this day to start talking about conspiracy theories instead of making it about about the lives lost, about the souls we lost on that day and about the, the pure heroics that were shown that day. So I was wondering how do you deal with it? I focus on the facts that I know. And uh, unfortunately for the conspiracy theorists, I know a lot of facts, you know. Uh, uh, one of them is I worked for many, many hours on September 11th, right at the site of where the cockpit stopped. Uh, uh, and I identified the Boeing 757 cockpit parts. I identified the pilots uh, and air crews remains uh, and the uniforms they were wearing, the checklist for the American Airlines Boeing 757 that they, that they were using. I had it in my hand at one point to look at it. Uh, I, I've worked aircraft crashes for many, many years before that. Uh, so I know what aircrafts look like when they're manufactured, no matter where they're manufactured in the world, from the inside out, they have a special look and paint and those kinds of things. And, and I also, uh, you know, when I got out of the building, uh, when we were ordered out of the, uh, the, the nose of the aircraft's impact site to the western side of the building later in the day, I think it was about 3.30 p.m. Eastern or so when we were finally ordered out uh, to uh, let them focus on fighting the fire from the west side, uh, uh, I walked past the engines. Uh, of the aircraft because when the aircraft went in, the building's made of concrete. When the aircraft went into the building, it stripped the engines and the wings and those kinds of appendages off of it. And the fuselage be became basically a molten slug uh, that bored its way through all the way to what broke through the back wall of the B ring alley. There's an alleyway between each ring. The A and the B ring is where it, it, the cockpit came out. And that's where uh, a lot of that spilled out into. And I worked that area along with many, many Navy, Air Force, Army, Marines uh, that just took up the mission. Uh, you know, the on-scene commander was a Marine Lieutenant Colonel who'd been sitting at his desk, uh, uh, you know, 50 meters from where the aircraft hit. And he grabbed a hard hat and started organizing people. And the Navy guys were fighting the fire because that's what they're trained to do. Army and Air Force were working on first aid and identifying casualties and classified and those kinds of things. And I stick to the facts of what I know. Uh, and it's hard for the conspiracy theory, uh, uh, theory folks to, uh, to uh, push back on those. They do, they do, but I know the facts and, and uh, I always try to tell the truth. Uh, and that's what we do, Kat. I don't know, Anthony, you have any comments on Appreciate that kind of stuff? Well, my opinion when it comes to conspiracy theories is the media loves to say 
anybody who questions anything about anything is automatically a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> and uh, I'm not familiar with some, I mean, I've heard of them. I'm definitely not familiar with the arguments, the facts of like the far-fetched conspiracy theories. But the two main elements of 9-11, which is how much the intelligence agencies of the American government knew about a planned attacker or possible attack beforehand, which has been generally underplayed, that's mm -hmm. considered a conspiracy theory, I think, if you ask questions about it. And number two, the role of Saudi Arabia and how they aided or abetted, potentially aided or abetted anybody or particularly the hijackers or anybody else. That's considered a conspiracy conspiracy. Uh, conspiracy position too, even though both aren't. And, you know, just like we saw with the Warren report uh, back in the 60s, the 9-11 commission was done pretty quickly and probably didn't go to the depths that it was meant to go or allowed to go. And the, for those two elements, when it comes to 9-11, I think there's open questions. And I think the other day, Vivek Ramaswamy was asked about that. He gave, you know, a pretty, pretty good answer on it. Same position, I think, me and many other people have. Uh, but in terms of the further out conspiracy theories i honestly don't i'm not really familiar with them so yeah you know most of the ones that i see are it wasn't an aircraft it was a missile uh and it was an in, and that's related to the it was an inside job uh thing by the united states government uh and uh the two things you just pointed out anthony i'm glad you brought those up because it is a fact now we know because the commission report we made them release it that saudi intelligence was involved in the logistical command and control and financial support uh for these hijackers and one of the people was actually an fbi confidential human source that was involved in that so so we know that there is some u.s intelligence the fbi is the domestic intelligence arm of the U.S. intelligence network now, uh, and has been for many years. It's just got a lot more power after 9-11 mm -hmm. uh, and the Patriot Act. But uh, uh, so, so we know those are facts, and that's what mm -hmm. I do uh, when I get addressed with that. But what we don't know is facts is, did Dick Cheney dream up uh, this stuff in the Oval Office and, and decide to do an inside job? I mean, that's, there are no facts that support that. Uh, those kind of things. That's why I'm glad you brought that up. And Kat, that's a great question. Unfortunately, I got to pay for the show, so I got to do a commercial again. Uh, and uh, we'll be right back. We're talking 9-11. We're talking uh, true America first policy and what he's going to do when he gets to Congress in Florida's 11th district with Anthony Sabatini, uh, uh, an American uh, public servant, army officer, uh, and hero in his own right. And we'll be right back after this message. Moms and dads of America, you love your kids. You love God. Yeah, you love this country. This crazy. And you're tired like of watching companies betray your values and ruin great products. Don't get angry. Invest your time, energy, and money into the people that are building the country you want for your kids and standing for the values that will lead to their blessing and protection. Invest in companies like Brave Books. They are on a mission to create content for kids that is safe for them to enjoy. They have kids books that teach about character, hard work, and the value of being brave. If you join their Book of the Month Club, you get a new book sent to your door every month that will teach your kids pro-God, pro-American values. Brave books will not betray your trust. Your children and your grandchildren will thank you. Remember, 
The land of the free depends on the homes of the brave. This one's on me, bud. the Rob Maynard Show live here on Red Voice Media Network. And it's a place that we dare to bring you the facts and the truth no matter where they lead. Uh, because, uh, you know, today propaganda is being shoved into your brains by the, the major networks, by the United States government, all the way down to the local government level. And we want Americans to have the ability to go to a place where uh, they can rely on us to speak the truth and provide facts. Yeah, we give some opinion, but it's mainly based on the facts and the truth that we see and we try to reveal. That makes us very dangerous, according to some people. Uh, but Americans should be dangerous to governments that are out of control. We did it once, and we have a responsibility and duty to continue to keep our own government in check. And that's why I wanted to show that Patriot Act uh, uh, little sequence there, because I don't think a lot of people know uh, Anthony Sabatini, uh, a congressional candidate in Florida, uh, head of the GOP party in his own county, former state rep in Florida. I think the only state rep to ever get scored 100% by the American Conservative Union uh, in Florida, too. Uh, I don't. I just don't think a lot of people realize the depth uh, of the intrusion into our rights that this law does every single day. No, they don't because you can't see it, and of course the media doesn't talk about it. Uh, we had real media; they would be outraged by it. Educating, but of course, unless uh, you know one of our Republicans, like Rand Paul or Matt Gaetz, brings the topic up, it's never even going to be. In or on any of the mainstream TV shows, uh, you know, news programs. So 
So it's just fallen by the wayside. And, you know, in some, to some extent, I don't blame the people. There's so many crises, so many invasions of our liberty, privacy, and way of life that it people have sort of lost focus on it because there's all these other uh, threats, threats that they see as more immediate. But the truth is this one is just as omnipotent and dangerous as any of the uh, increases of government. Of course, it's been used in such a way where it's completely and totally focused on uh, domestic uh, uh, citizens, not uh, not so-called threats abroad, and so it needs to be something that uh, Republicans um, get graded on, like a litmus test. It should be, essentially be a litmus test. If you're going to vote for Republican, and they don't believe in repealing or co-sponsoring a legislation to repeal this, um, they don't deserve to vote. If you ask me. That's good to hear, uh, and that's why I endorsed you the last time you ran for office, uh, <laughs> because. You're right. Uh, if you have somebody that's in office now or running to take a seat at the federal level and they're not able to say, yeah, we need to repeal this because it's the wrong thing to do uh, inherently in the United States of America, there, that should be a problem. That should be a problem. Now, but, but one of the things that really bothers me, uh, and I don't know if y'all noticed or not, but my hair's a lot grayer than it was in that video that we made 10, 10 years after 9-11 now. Uh, I, hopefully that's given me a little bit more ability to have some insight or a little more wisdom. But one of the things that's bothered me since uh, January of 2021 is that I know these capabilities. You know these capabilities. Uh, uh, but we can't find the pipe bomber from January 5th. You know, uh, a lot of people think it's a pipe bomber from January 6th, but the bombs were actually planted on on the evening, late in the evening on the 5th, from what we can tell, uh, with the video. You know, uh, the individual was on a cell phone uh, uh, and those kind of things. So uh, that right there is physical evidence of abuse of these tools. Mm-hmm. And it leads people to believe uh, that uh, that was a government operative or someone supported by government operatives. Uh, and that's just one small sliver of an example. Uh, and, and why that bothers me so much is, yes, the part, the fact that they haven't caught the individual, yes, that bothers me. But what bothers me more is it's destroying what little bit is left of people's faith in the in the government agencies, and I call them rogue, and I call them rogue every day. I think every agency in the United States government is being led by rogue agents, and I mean agents in a general sense, not necessarily a, an agent with a badge, uh, by rogue agents uh, that are opposing the American people today. Uh, and uh, even the Department of Defense at the very top uh, the top layers of it and the top layers of the service departments uh, appear to be infiltrated with these types of people. Uh, and and if, they, if they're doing things like this pipe bomber issue, Anthony, uh, it, it, which is one small, very small sliver, I know there's a, there are thousands of these types of things, to destroy the confidence of the American people, uh, no wonder they're having to attack people that are not talking about conspiracy theories as conspiracy theorists every day. That's exactly right. Yeah, the pipe bomber thing is just really blatant and in your face. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. what we found out with January 6th is all they had to do is get a warrant from a uh, telecommunications company to get essentially a list of anybody who's in the cone 
the range of a certain geographical area. They get all the phone numbers mm-hmm. and then they go and, you know, see where else they were. And they essentially contact trace where you were. So with a pipe bomber, you could find anybody who purchased any material related to a potential pipe bomb, link that up with the cell phone. So, you know, first of all, they could just interview everybody who was there, which is what they did with January 6th. People who were walking through, driving through, had nothing to do with the protest were also interviewed. So mm-hmm. it's almost comical and blatant, embarrassing. And if we had real leadership in the House, which we don't, we have really weak, uh, fake Republican leadership. If we had real leadership, that's what a weaponization committee would be doing. They would be quite literally calling in DOJ agents and FBI agents, CIA, and literally asking them these questions. And they're not doing that. It's kind of a joke. We got what? We're nine months into the uh, two years of the of the uh, House tenure that we earned, and it's gone. We've essentially been purposeless. They threw it away. They spent the first nine months of Congress doing only one thing, passing Joe Biden's number one domestic priority, which was the debt ceiling increase. They gave him a huge mm-hmm. win on that. And they've done nothing else. All the other acts of the weaponization committee have been undercut. And what I've heard from friends is they've totally unfunded it. They don't have really as much staff as they should have. You know, he sort of, uh, McCarthy came up with a nominal name or a, a, a sort of artifice, a nominal uh, level of support for the so-called weaponization committee. And at the end of the day, it's a useless do-nothing committee. Really sad, yeah. but uh, that's what our, you know, we get the government we put up with, you know, the one we adopted, as long as we continue to have spineless people in the Congress who won't stand up to the leadership, um, you know, we're going to continue to get let down. Uh, disappointing, but hopefully people are waking up, and I do see people waking up to the fact that even our so-called conservative fighters see are really a joke. Yeah, I, I think I think people... Not like us, because we're we're paying attention. We watch this, yeah, but not the people, people watching this show. <laughs> you know, people, people that are uh, like my family, my brothers. Uh, you know, they're not out every day looking at this stuff. Uh, actually, they call me and ask me. <laughs> they let me do it for them. But but they are they are awake and they're very aware that uh, that we have a problem here, uh, and this this is a major problem. It's a big problem. Uh, that's got to be addressed, and the place it needs to be addressed is in the Congress of the United States. Uh, exactly. And I want to talk some more about that uh, after this break. And yes, folks over in the Spaces audience, I will take a question uh, when we come back from the break. But we've got to get this done uh, and uh, pay the bills here. I'm Rob Manus, talking with Anthony Sabatini uh, from Florida and a congressional candidate in the 11th district. We'll be right back. Interrupt today's programming to bring unfortunate news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. So take action now. The Federal Reserve's phased deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard and put your hard-earned assets in jeopardy. But here's the good news. There's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Speak to someone at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Dial 833, the number 2 USA Gold. Yes, call now. 833-287-2465. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k 
into precious metals without any tax consequences. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Call 833, the number two USA gold. Yes, call now. 833-287-2465. Act swiftly. 833-287-2465. In our nation's 246-year history, there has never been an individual who is a greater threat to our republic than Donald Trump. He tried to steal the last election using lies and violence to keep himself in power after the voters had rejected him. He is a coward. A real man wouldn't lie to his supporters. He lost his election, and he lost big. I know it, he knows it, and deep down, I think most Republicans know it. Welcome back to the Rob Maynard Show here on the Red Voice uh, Media Network. Uh, we're live, and we're live in uh, Twitter spaces. Uh, and uh, I wanted to show that video. Uh, we're talking with Anthony Sabatini from Florida, a uh, Army infantry officer, former representative, state rep in Florida, an America First candidate for Congress. Uh, and, uh, you know, the reason why I wanted to show that video wasn't exactly for what people are thinking here, uh, Anthony, but, uh, but, but it was because I know, I know for a fact that that rat tried to push an Iraqi invasion before we even went and destroyed the enemy that attacked us that we knew we had found in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. And the senior leadership of the United States military pushed back on him enough to make it not happen. And in mm -hmm. the ensuing years since, you know, uh, since the war in Afghanistan started and we, we beat the Taliban and the Al-Qaeda folks uh, to the point where we should have left, uh, in those years, he snuck it back in and was able to get people in positions in uniform that would help him get it approved. Uh, and, and that's why I wanted to put that in there because never forget, folks, that that man is the cause of more than 4,000 American military deaths and hundreds of thousands of Iraqi civilian deaths. He's the one. He pushed it. He pushed it. Uh, and uh, I mean, those of us that fought in it, we fought honorably and all that. But th that political leader did that. And what he just said is just an outright lie, uh, quite mm -hmm. frankly. Uh, and uh, and he's doing it against the president of the United States. So anyway, that's my reason for having that on here. I'll, I'll give you a chance to address it, and then we'll bring somebody in from the audience. Well, obviously, I'm no fan of Dick Cheney, and I'm young enough not to ever have been corrupted by his influence at any time in my political career. In fact, uh, he, him and Bush were so unpopular, and really primarily because of foreign policy decision-making when I was a senior in high school in 2006, 2007. Uh, I, I wasn't sure I, I was even a member of the Republican Party or I could be a member based on what Dick Cheney and George Bush were doing and saying and how they were acting. Uh, and it's only gotten worse than that. But he obviously understands one concept, which is it's better to be on offense. He knows that his reputation is totally destroyed and tarnished. His uh, daughter shamelessly has been tossed out of the public life along with others. His, his reputation is now one of the you know, one of the worst vice presidents, one of the worst public figures in modern American history. And so what's he doing to try to gain sympathy and hold on to his cred? It, 
attack Donald Trump, right? Stay on yeah. offense. And I guess that's the big takeaway there. I, I said uh, two years ago during my last run uh, that uh, one of the bills I'll be filing my first week in office to rename uh, and eliminate the post office and Casper that named the Dick Cheney Federal Post Office. That is, don't believe he should have anything named after himself. I don't believe in rewriting history, but I do believe in destroying everything with Dick Cheney's name on. That's an interesting approach. Uh, I don't. Sh- I don't know how many folks on our side of the aisle would even agree with that. But uh, but you, you put it in such a way that uh, I think we could probably win them over. I, I would support it. I think, but because I'm a I'm an adamant, don't destroy statues and monuments. Uh, opponent, I'm, a, I'm an opponent of destroying history. Well, yeah, we rename buildings all the time, uh, and, uh, and the Postal Service shouldn't have people's names on it anyway. Uh, they ought to be privatized, in my opinion. Anyway, let's go over to the audience uh, and space the shell. You got anybody with a microphone that wants to make a comment on our on our uh, uh, our buddy, old Dick Cheney, in that little video? Yes, sir, my lovely co-host, Cat the Hammer, is right back here. Go ahead. You're shocked that I have something to say again. Um, seriously, when when they wheeled Dick Cheney out to do that ridiculous recording, saying that Donald Trump's the biggest security threat to the United States of America, I'm like, bro, you lied to Congress about weapons of mass destruction and started a war. But okay, you're right. Donald Trump's the biggest. He's the biggest threat. Gotcha. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't even believe the colossal lies that man has told. I agree with you, Kat. Uh, you know, the biggest threat is the rogue federal government closely wedded to the thousands of uh, of illegals that are infiltrating America every minute of every day. And, and layered on that, it, Anthony, is, uh, uh, is uh, all these military-age males from the Communist Chinese Party, uh, from the, the 150-plus known terrorist watch list infiltrators that are now loose in the country, unknown location, unknown activities of what they are. You know, when, when you get a, a potential fifth column uh, of individuals, uh, uh, you know, greater than... I mean, even a thousand is a scary thought for a military person when you're talking about doing counterinsurgency operations in a country the size of of ours, as complex as it is, and with the with the population uh, centers that we have. You know, I mean, that is really the biggest threat to the United States, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And if I were yeah. Secretary of Defense, I'd be calling for uh, for uh, the president to request courses of action from me. Uh, to show how we could stop that uh, and and start with going after the cartels using our special forces operations. Absolutely. I would say the border and our security, so-called national uh, border strategy is the single greatest threat or, uh, you know, the fact that we're completely asleep at the wheel when it comes to that area of governance is the biggest national security threat. I think that's blatantly obvious. I think even the Democrats secretly would probably admit to that. And then, but second of all, I would say the second highest threat uh, is the purposeful prodding uh, that uh, our national security advisors and political politicians have uh, commenced in Ukraine. I mean, we are seriously risking a hot war with Russia at this point for no for no no apparent purpose other than satiate the appetites and psychotic fantasies of a liberal detached elite who 
doesn't serve in the military or have any skin in the game, but uh, just very, you know, interested in the idea of trying to eliminate any um, country that isn't a well globalist uh, country in, in way, shape, or you know, form that's similar to Western Europe. And so that uh, that I would say is equally as dangerous because I could honestly see a hot war breaking out based on the fact that these elites would never back down. I mean, if Russia shot a missile and hit an American, uh, you know, soldier somewhere in Europe, and of course we have hundred soldiers right now in Ukraine, they're going to use that as a pretext to send more troops, which of course will be met with force. And, you know, that, you know, we're in actual world war. We're literally this moment away. We're almost like in a similar situation to the precondition of World War One, where, you know, something even minor or just a, a limited act of violence breaks out, it's going to essentially ensnare us in a, a much larger war and without either side having the ability, I think, to back down. There is no diplomacy in the White House, no diplomacy in the government. And uh, I think we could get stuck in a situation like that very sadly. I hate to admit that, but that is the truth. Oh, I think you're right. When I talk about the rogue federal agents uh, in the fed of rogue agents in the federal government, I, I'm in total agreement with you. Uh, you know, I think it's even worse than what you describe. It actually, we are in very clear risk of of uh, not just a hot war with Russia, but a nuclear exchange war that involves China and Russia uh, mm -hmm. because we forced them into an alliance already. Uh, they're exchanging hardware and technology and fuel and those kinds of things more than they were before February of 2022. Uh, uh, and uh, they're making agreements that we don't even know about. Uh, uh, so, so yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. These rogue federal government people are driving us in that direction. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, the, the 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 doomsday clock was moved closest to midnight than it's ever been. And I served in the Cold War. Uh, my dad served in the Cold War. I mean, we were never at this much risk uh, in the Soviet Union, except with the, maybe the exception of, of the Cuban Missile Crisis. Uh, uh, we were never at, at such a, a high risk of a global nuclear exchange between three nuclear superpowers, China, Russia, and America at this mm -hmm. point. And, and you're right, anything could happen. Uh, and uh, and that they've already tried it, you know, with the, the missile that fell in Poland, uh, Zelensky tried to do yes. that. Uh, they're talking about the little area uh, 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 in Belarus that separates Poland and Estonia, I believe it is, from the the, uh, the Russian piece uh, that's out on the Baltic Sea, you know, mm -hmm. and, and those kind of things. Uh, already, uh, little incidents have been being pushed, you know, to see if it, they'll catch on. So. Uh, you're absolutely right. right. I mean, that's part of that risk uh, and part of that threat to us as America uh, that I was talking about, too. So what will you do about the endless war policy, people? What will you try to do when you get to Congress? That's one of the big questions I had for you at the end of the program. Well, that's a great question. Thank you. I mean, obviously, the first and foremost thing and what makes me different, not just my opponent, but pretty much almost any Republican in Congress, is I would completely and totally defund I would have never voted for these policies, and I would never vote for any appropriation bill that increased funding to Ukraine. You know, the, the U.S. Senate right now, both parties, senators, saying they're not going to vote on anything the House ends over unless it has more money for increased war in Ukraine. Of course, I'm a zero compromise guy on that. I would never vote for any appropriation bill that gave even a penny 
of money over there, no matter what the reason was. No money should leave America to go to Ukraine for any reason. Uh, and so that's one of the most effective things that Congress can do is make that pledge, fight for uh, neutrality and staying out of those wars. But more importantly, fighting to get us into a more limited position within NATO or just get out of NATO because it's actually not in our national interest any longer. And th those are the things that Congress can do. Of course, the most important thing we can do overall is get an executive like Trump in there who's going to sit down with all the leaders at the table and take a hard nose look at this and come up with a you know diplomatic deal, no matter what it looks like. Do something. Biden, of course, isn't talking at all. He's he's surrounded by people that are most similar to like General Ripper from uh, Dr. Strangelove. People are like psychotically obsessed with getting into a hot war and some kind of a conflict. I mean, just a year ago, a year ago, they were talking about sending tanks and missiles and, and all the rest mm -hmm. of it over, but they haven't flown down since. So that's the number one thing. But as a congressman, we have to make that pledge, get us out, fight for neutrality and defund the, uh, the war machine. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's good to hear. Uh, folks, you need to support Mr. Sabatini here in his congressional run. Uh, uh, Anthony, uh, where's that donation link so pe people can go there? Thank you, Colonel. It's uh, sabatiniforcongress.com. Sabatiniforcongress.com. It'll come right up, but I'm on every social media platform, Truth to X. And uh, come check me out. I appreciate the time. Thanks for having me on. Oh, yeah. Thanks for coming on, Anthony. Uh, we'll get you back on uh, as we get closer uh, to uh, primary election day and uh, keep up the good fight, my friend. Well, folks, you know, usually on 9-11, I focus on honoring the victims and, and talking about what our response was. But now is the time as somebody who was there, who, who lives daily with family members and friends who were there, uh, it is time to start a serious uh, pushback on things like the Patriot Act and people like Dick Cheney when it comes to that. We cannot be used. We cannot be used. We, the people that have fought the war, that were part of the target on September 11th uh, in the United States of America, we will not be continue to be used to destroy the citizenry of the United States in some fake white extremist uh, uh, domestic war on terror. We got to get refocused. And we focused on the enemies that are coming into the United States and that are external to the United States that wish us ill will. I'm Rob Manus, Red Voice Media Network Live. I'll be back tomorrow. It's Training Tuesday, all about the Second Amendment and what's going on with the raids on these uh, federal firearms license holders, uh, uh, the gun dealers. Tucker's still laughing. <laughs>